For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. That's H-E-I-R-S. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If, in fact, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. What does it mean to be a child of God? What are we adopted into? What do we inherit? My sermon today is titled Relationality, which is one of my favorite made-up theological terms. (laughs) The sense that this is at the core of reality, relationality. But it's also... Um, In my personal notes, what is the Trinity and why should I care? (laughs) I remember um, one night when my husband Chris was putting our oldest daughter Audra to bed. She was maybe three years old and he came back out and he had kind of a traumatized look on his face. And I said to him, you know, how'd it go? And he said, well, we had this really deep theological discussion about who God was, and then she started getting into the Trinity, but I turned the corner really fast and steered her away from that. Um, And uh, just a reminder that how could you even explain this mystery, and um, particularly to a three-year-old, to try to explain these, these three persons making up God. And in fact, the Trinity, the word Trinity, the actual concept of it is not even in Scripture. It's something that developed um, in the years after as the early church fathers were trying to decide um, how to make sense of passages like this one that Darlene just read. Passages where you have the Father mentioned or God is Mother, and then you have Jesus and the sense of Redeemer and the Christ who is with us. And then you also have the Spirit mentioned in this passage. All three of them are just in those five verses, the Spirit that is within us. So what is, how do we make sense of this sense of one God and yet these three kind of manifestations in the world? And so the church fathers came up with this term called perichoresis, it means kind of this sense of, of, of being around and being with, this sense of a circle and dancing in a circle to name what the Trinity was. And then they gave it this name, the Trinity. And I believe that as um, in this time and in this day, um, we're beginning to reclaim this doctrine of the Trinity as a reality that has the potential to change our consciousness, to change how we think about God and ourselves and the world. In the sense of perichoresis, there is a sense of giving, of mutuality, of of watching the dance step of your partner and moving. And in threes, it's not just about not just about me, not just about me and you. And a third person brings the the consciousness to a circle, to watching all around us. 
this is a really different image of God than the one I grew up imagining, where I was told that God was holy and set apart and couldn't be touched. And in this Trinitarian reality, you see a God who is moved and is moving. A God who is vulnerable, a God who is trusting, a God who is in a dance. So as Richard Rohr says, in the beginning was the relationship. In the beginning was God, in the beginning was the relationship. So why should we care? Well, as I said earlier, in our world we can see all of the ways that we are separated. All of the ways that, that whether it's in our own individual lives, we, we think we're alone. We think we're, we're, we're in it by ourselves. We can see all of the ways in our national and global politics that, that we're kind of sometimes in it for ourselves instead of this different kind of consciousness that's looking out for the other, that believes that this is actually the foundational reality of the universe, that the first thing we know in theological understanding and in our own reality is that we are in relationship. And it begins to transform how we look at everything when we live in that reality.